Thank you, brother. Amen. It's my privilege to be here again. I uh, appreciate you all very, very much. Uh, he talked about being a friend. Was, he's been a friend to me and a friend to a lot of people. Um, and and he's, you know, he said he normally preaches for an hour and a half. I'll, I won't preach, but about an hour and 15 minutes probably. Um, so I will take uh, that as an as a, uh, invitation to speak just a little bit about the needs there in Alaska. Uh, my family's been there for 13 years. I've got my caboose here. Joel, stand up real quick. Uh, Joel isn't much... Uh, much far away from the size my oldest son was when we went up there. My, all of my kids got to grow up in the ministry up there as a teenager. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a seat there. He's a, he's a blessing. He really is. But um, my four oldest boys, uh, they grew up, you know, building a house, uh, building a ministry, and uh, very thankful for them. Uh, but my four oldest boys, uh, they all, uh, the first two got married, Nathan and, and Caleb, and then Aaron and Joshua are working jobs and trying to become independent. And uh, so we need some help up there, uh, we, not just personally, uh, but another one of y'all's missionaries, uh, Brother Warren, uh, you know, he's from Florida, or Florida, as they say down there, and he, he called me today, and he said to tell y'all hey, all right, and uh, I told him I, I would make sure and tell y'all hey for him. Um, but, uh, you know, he and I are, uh, we're both on the Yukon River where we minister. There's, uh, there's 400 miles of river between where I'm at and he's at. There's hundreds of villages up there to my knowledge, have never had the gospel presentation in those villages. And I've been trying to get to them as diligently as I can. Um, I don't let grass grow under my feet. I mean, I'm, I'm on the move all the time. Um, you know, we were talking about vehicles today, the miles. I've got, uh, uh, we, we drive a lot of miles. Uh, uh, four of my, my vehicles have over 200,000. Two of them have over 300,000. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of miles uh, up there between the villages and things. And I uh, just recently a, a new church started in uh, North Pole, Alaska, and uh, there's a man in our that was in our church in Anchorage. He the military moved him up to to uh, Fairbanks area, so he's he's in the ground works of getting this church off the ground in North Pole. And he and his family have ministered alongside of mine in the Remote Alaska Missions Ministry. They've taken a few trips with us, and they really uh, they're really interested in in having that church from the foundation get involved into Bush, Alaska. And I'm very humble that they would ask me to help them with that. Uh, very grateful for that. I see that as a huge opportunity. That could y'all pray for them. The the, the church there is a Cornerstone Baptist. But if they if they if they do what they said they want to do. Uh, they've not committed anything, and, and that's fine, but uh, they're just getting their feet wet in this. Um, if, they, if they commit to, to do what they said they want to do, that will relieve me and my family of a six-hour trip uh, that, that they're already there. You know, it takes us about 12 hours to get to the Yukon River Bridge, and it'd take them about four, okay? And, it, and that would be a huge blessing to me because there's so many places down in southeast Alaska, south-central Alaska, western Alaska that I would love to go to, but I'm just one guy. And uh, so the, the, I see progress there. I see hope there, uh, hope that I didn't have before. <laughs> uh, but uh, I appreciate y'all's faithfulness just to get behind us and, and to be loyal. Appreciate that very, very much. Appreciate a, a friend that I have here in the pulpit of this church. And I uh, need to appreciate him too. Uh, if you don't already, you need to appreciate him and show it. But um, it kind of goes in with, with uh, what the Lord laid on my heart to share with you this evening. If you're turning your Bibles to John chapter number 13, we we'll use that as a springboard uh, because it's, it's the words in red. It's what Jesus told us to do. Um, and so I, I want to share this thought with you. Um, what's your motive? 
What's your motivation? What motivates you? Why did you come here tonight? Why did you come here last Sunday? Uh, why, quote unquote, invest the gas to come to Brian Baptist? Okay. And I've probably asked this in this, in this church congregation before. Um, you know, how many bridges did you drive over to get here? There aren't any bridges in Alaska. So you have to have boats and snow machines and airplane to go to those villages off of the road system. 250 villages you can't drive a car to. I dare say there's probably uh, within an hour of this church right here, more churches within an hour here than there are in the whole state of Alaska of like faith. Okay? I'm just trying to put some things in perspective that our motives are right. Okay, we can give a, uh, I wanted to leave a, a, an Alaska track with the server tonight. I, I'm sure she's already had a plethora of, of uh, invitations to this church, but a, a different perspective may have someone hear the gospel or receive a message of salvation, okay? But I want you to go have this thought with me, if you will, just, just why did you come here? Why did you come here tonight? What's your motivation for anything that you do? Why, why did you get out of bed this morning? Was it to push play on a music box, the on button on the coffee pot, reach for your Bible? Was it to grab clothes and bolt out the door? Why did you get up? I want you to consider, so maybe you've never considered this because all of us, we have habits, we have routines. What's your motivation for anything and everything that you do? I want you to leave here this evening different than when you came in. I would like to leave here different than the way I came in. That'd be good, right? If we leave the same way we came in, you, you could almost say it was a waste of time coming. Right? I mean, if I'm going to walk out the door, the exact same person I walked in as, it was a waste of time. It really was. Because I could have been doing some more work and, and gotten something done. So why did you come here? What's your motivation for getting out of bed in the morning? I hope it's different than what motivates you to get out of bed today. I hope it's different. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be glorified this evening, Lord. I pray, Father, that you please give me words to say, Heavenly Father, that would challenge the people. This is the Wednesday night crowd. There, there's likely not a, a whole bunch of people here that's uh, the first time that they've been here. Maybe uh, uh, there's, seriously doubt, there's a whole lot of people here that's never heard of the plan of salvation before. Uh, but Lord, we, we're, uh, we're here, this is the Wednesday night crowd, we're here to be challenged, to grow, and to be changed, and uh, to glorify your son Jesus, and it's the name I pray, amen. If you found your place there in John chapter number 13, here we are, we're, we're about halfway through the gospel of John at this point, uh, verse-wise, numbers of verses there, things that Jesus has done, and in chapter number 13, down in verse number 34, it says, a new commandment. Hey, here's something new, guys. Maybe you've not understood this by the way I've lived. Maybe you've not understood this in the messages that I've preached. Maybe you've not understood this in the parables that I've taught. But here's a new commandment. He says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. That, that's really simple, isn't it? it? It's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. Now, there's some people. I've told the preacher, there's, there's a man I recently have become... Uh, um, a new level of conviction to pray for that man in a village to go to. We're live streaming, so I'm not going to give all the details, the names, all that stuff. But I shared with him that I've got a different idea for this guy. I need to love this guy. Okay? Someone that does not love me. Someone that would love to do harm to my wife and my girls. I need to love that man. 
He says, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. That is absolutely simple. It is not easy. But that is very, very simple. A 10-year-old boy can understand that. A 10-year-old boy can. Probably the youngest guy in here. Well, I see some small ones back there. But they can get that. I was sharing with your pastor yesterday that I've kind of understood something about my relationship with my Heavenly Father, though my intellect has grown in 53 years. It's to my demise because I don't have the faith that this little guy does when he looks up to his dad. But we need to understand that even if we're 53 or we're 63 or we're 83, that our Heavenly Father looks at us just like I look at this little man right here on the front row. There's nothing that that kid asks me for that I don't desire to help him get. But in our intellect and as we grow, some of the things we want are very harmful. It is. It absolutely is. If that guy has to be told no about something, he simply trusts his dad. (laughs) Boy, why can't we go back to being like that with our Heavenly Father? We just simply trust Him. That would help us with our love with one another when we've we got this competition to outdo one another. We've got that same Heavenly Father. The differences of what this guy gets and my oldest son gets, the head knowledge. No, I, I got this one, Dad. I don't need you, Dad. I can do this on my own, Dad. I got this figured out. I know what I'm doing. We're the same way with our Heavenly Father, are we not? This is a new commandment. Jesus lived it, but it's new in His words speaking to His disciples. He says, a new commandment I've given you that you love one another. He says this, and here's here's the why. Verse number 35 says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples... If ye have love one to another. If we're bickering and infighting, the lost world is not going to believe that we love one another. I've got written in the margin of my Bible, so it's not my original. I'm sure you've heard it said different ways. I have. It says, I am the only Bible some will ever read. But we need to love one another. Jesus said that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your might, all your strength. The different gospels there where it's recorded there, uh, uh, two of the gospels record that saying there, passage where Jesus said that. And he said, on these two hang all the law and the prophets that you love God, that you love your neighbors yourself. So two people, two people groups that we need to love. First is God. Secondly, is everyone else. On, hey, all of that, all, all of this right here, all the Bible hangs on those two things. All of it. Read a passage of scripture and show me where it says you're so supposed to be selfish. Give me a verse that says you're supposed to make you number one. Show me one. It ain't in the King James Bible. It ain't in there. He says, on these two hang all the law and the prophets. Love God, love others. What's your motivation? 
A lot of people I've heard say this. To have joy, you have to love Jesus first, others, and yourself last. Can you give me a Bible verse for that? I can give you a Bible verse for Joe. I just did. Jesus and others. Turn over to Galatians. Let's see what Paul says. Galatians chapter number 6. What's your motivation? That's why I asked you here when I first stepped up here. I said, what's your motivation for being here? I hope it's to be challenged. I hope it's to leave different. Did you warn them that I'm coming tonight, preacher? Did you warn them that I'm coming tonight? Hmm. Wow, that's impressive. I love you all too. Thank you. I might would have found something else to do if I knew I was preaching to me tonight. Galatians chapter number 6. Here's what Paul has to say. We'll, we'll just read the first 10 verses, you know, because here's, here's something interesting. Paul said, I, I think it's one of the letters to Corinthians, he's, he tells us about a ministry called restoration or restitution. Too, too, often, too often we shoot our, we shoot our wounded, right? The ministry of reconciliation. That's the words I'm looking for. The exact phrase of. The ministry of. But if you love Jesus and others, that's already your ministry. In verse number one, he says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That verse is packed. You know, he... he he was telling me before the service, you know, uh, you know he, he preaches for a, a lot longer than I typically do. But, you know, that verse, I told him, if I'm teaching something, I can load up a 45-minute, you know, or an hour time slot teaching. That verse, that right there, that's packed. That verse right there is packed, friend. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Who's that? The pastor, the deacon? Why isn't it the entire Wednesday night crowd? You've been coming here for how many years? Why aren't you spiritual? Why are you just throwing your preacher and your deacons and your trustees and the Sunday school teachers as labeling them as spiritual? Why aren't you spiritual? When do you plan on being spiritual? I hope it's tonight. Ye which are spiritual, why not the unspiritual? It says, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Because spiritual people are typically meek. And there's a reason he gives us. Considering thyself. Let's also be tempted. There's, there's a brother, good friend of mine. Recently. He took a lot of trips with me. He preached for me. He walked out on his family. That could have been me. That could have been you. I don't look down on that man. I'm broken. For his family, yes, but I'm broken for him. God had a different plan for him. But he forsook that 10-year-old mindset. No, Dad, I got this. Hmm? Not spiritually any longer. But he says, restore them, the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 2 to 10 is the message tonight. Well, verse 1 is others as well. Verse number 2 says, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
And John 13 is where I referenced that earlier there about these two uh, hang all the law and the prophets. He says there in verse number 3, If a man think himself to be something, again, not spiritual, right? So you'd be spiritual if, if you don't do these. He says, when he, uh, if, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. If you restore that one in a meek, spirit of meekness, considering your own self, you won't have a problem there. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Don't be a burden to other people. Be busy about helping other people. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You seek to be a blessing to other people? People be a blessing to you. That little guy just understands if he's just humble and obedient, he don't have to worry about a thing. Provision, protection, all that stuff's met. And one day he'll understand that I'm just a dirt ball like him. But for now, I'm having a blast with this little guy. And you may see the two of us, you've got to watch us, hear us talk. You've heard me rebuke him, you've heard me praise him, you've seen me love him. But that's just exactly how our Heavenly Father wants to be with me. But I'm so smart, I don't, ha I don't have enough faith any longer just to simply live that way. But it's true. Verse number 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. You look at the capital S there, you look at the emphasis on what we sow, whether it's to our flesh or whether it's to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Our motivation should be to please the Holy Spirit, which is what? Love the Lord thy God and love others. Right? That's it. That's how you reap everlasting life. Hey, the, the man that led me to Christ, he was loving me, not loving himself. He was. And he's, he's sowing, he's reaping everlasting life. He got to watch me repent and place my faith in Jesus Christ. And he understood, like me, that evening my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I could no longer go to hell even if I wanted to go there, I couldn't. Because I'm an adopted son of God now. That needs to be our motivation, is others. You know, our works, hallelujah, our works doesn't depend on our, uh, our salvation doesn't depend on our works, but other people's does. That, that man had to put time, effort, and energy and money into giving the gospel to me. He loved Jesus. He loved others. He says in, in verse number 9, and let, not, uh, and let us not be weary in well-doing, do, for in due season we shall, I, I got that word circled, we shall reap, that's a promise, okay? And then the next is conditional, if we faint not. A preacher friend of mine, he, in Texas, he, uh, he died a faithful man. He lived his whole life serving the Lord. I don't know anyone that read his Bible more, read their Bible, read the Bible more than he did. Um, he put me to shame. He would, he would, a, a bad day for him would be 40 chapters in his Bible every day, seven days a week. That would be a bad day for this man. I mean, I, I, I thought I, you know, should get a trophy when I read through my Bible just in January to December one year and while I was in leadership at his church. He didn't tell me. He just smiled. I'm just thinking, okay, yeah, he probably did it four times, five. 
But he told me this. He said, I don't want to quit. He said, I've got the hope, the blessed hope. What's the blessed hope? Rapture, going home, going to heaven. He, he, said, he said, I don't want to quit because I know as soon as I quit, the trump would sound. <laughs> I don't want, hey, I want to I wanna finish. And, and, you know, Paul talks about that finish, you know. I've kept the faith. He, he said, I want to finish. And that's what I want to do. I want to finish. I want to finish. I've started. And he, hey, a lot of people start. We talked about that a little bit, alluded to it anyway, over dinner tonight. A lot of people go to Bible college and they start. Brother Robert, uh, Robertson down in, in Walkertown, North Carolina, told me this. He said, I'm, I'm glad for you church planters. I, I, I'm glad. I, I'd like to see you grow one. <laughs> That's what he said. A lot of people start, but they don't finish. We had that discussion. What's the washout rate? What's the finish rate? What's the completion rate? What's the continuing rate? He said, in due season, we shall reap. That is a promise if we faint not. When people take their eyes off of Jesus and take their eyes off of others, that's when this stuff here starts kind of going by the wayside. I, I haven't seen a faithful man drop out. But when he gets distracted about selfish things, about the cares of this life, selfish, not Jesus, not others, but yourself, I see that often. Then I want you to look at this. I, I love preaching on opportunity. Verse number 10 says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. What, help other people? You see, that's an obligation. Well, yeah, it is. But it's your perspective. It's your motive. We'll come back to that motive thing. What's your motive for being here? What's your motive for doing for something for someone else? Do you see that as an obligation? Well, it is. No reward in it. But when you see it in a different perspective as an opportunity, there's reward in that. That's the, that's the difference in wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones is your motive. Whether it was obligation, whether it was opportunity. I've said it before. I'll say it a thousand more times. We need to change our gotas to gettas. I don't got to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't got to pray. I get to pray. I don't got to read my Bible. I get to read my Bible. When I retired from the U.S. Air Force, the, 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 the most enjoyable thing that I had each morning was not having to leave at a specific time in my house. I could still get up at 5 or 6 a.m. and I could spend as much time in my Bible as I want. And yes, drink as many pots of coffee as I want before I have to go and do anything else. I finally had the opportunity. We, gotta change, we, we, we have to change our gotas to gettas. Do you see it as an obligation to serve the Lord and others or do you see it as an opportunity to serve the Lord and others? Jesus and others, there's the Joe. Verse number 2 Back up in verse number 2. Well, I didn't know he finished verse 10. As we, as we have therefore opportunity, let's do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So when you get what he's saying there, and there's a comma there, there's a, there's a separated thought there. When, you, when you've got this dialed in, when you've got this figured out, that you've changed your gotas to gettas, and, and Jesus and others are your number one priority, take your preacher and, and step it up a little bit. Them who are of the household of faith, the, 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 the lady, the man that, that cleans the church, tell them thank you. The, the, uh, the people that teach your Sunday school classes, that does your, your preschool back here for your little ones, tell them thank you. Just appreciation is absolutely gigantic. No, I don't need someone standing over me giving me a verbal massage, but a, a verbal high five now and then would be great. That, that, that's all it takes is a simple two-word thank you. 
with, with eye contact. <laughs> you know, the, the opportunity, not the obligation. Brother Penix told me to tell you thank you, Pastor, so <sighs> thank you. That's not what we're talking about. If you take a moment to realize what they do for you and have a sense of appreciation, if you pray for your preacher, you'll get a lot more out of his preaching. That's how that works. That's the got to to get to. I get to hear preaching. Okay? So especially unto them who are of the household of faith. It'd be good to do something for your drunk neighbor. It'd be good to do something for that alcoholic in Stevensville. It'd absolutely be good to do that because he's others who Christ died for. But when you see an opportunity to do something for your pastor, man, hey, step aside, I'm coming through. Huh? Do you see that as an obligation or as an opportunity? It's your perspective. Your motivation behind all of what you do will fix those perspective problems that we all have and struggle with from every single day. Got to us to get to us. Now we'll go back up to verse number two. We have the who. I've got another passage of scripture I'll go through here in just a little bit, but just really fast. I'll hit the highlights, and then we'll go home. But in verse number two, he says, Bear you one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. The law of Christ. God first, everyone else second. That's the law of Christ. And, he, and he, if you read that in the gospel, study that out, it's because he died for us. That's why. He died for you. What does that mean? What that means is that, that he saw your impending judgment. As when you die and stand before God, he saw your impending judgment and he saw that you had no help but, hope but to be cast into eternity in lake, uh, lake of fire. And he said, I'll die for that man's sins. I'll take the punishment on Calvary's cross and pay, shed my blood for that man or that woman's sins. That's what that means when he says he died for you. You understand that? God's only begotten son died for you. I, I got a one praise God over here. Anybody else been saved? Any, anybody here understand that Christ died for you so you don't have to burn in hell's flame for eternity? Amen. That's huge. That's a big deal, guys. That'll fix your motivation problem. You won't have a problem obeying his law when you understand what he did for you. He owed you nothing. He owed me nothing. He owed us nothing, but he gave us everything. He had nothing else to give. Leave his glory in heaven and die on Calvary's cross. He had nothing else to give you and me. There's nothing. What else could he have given? A car? He gave his life so that you could have one. Yeah, we have, eternity, we have eternal life now if we're saved. It don't start when we quit breathing. We have it now. But his law is to love others, bear one another's burdens. Hey, you see someone under a load? I'll pray for you, brother. I'm going to get on to the house. Change the tire for him. Okay, sidebar, got to stop here. Forgot to tell you this. Preacher, there's men in Alaska, sorry, males in Alaska that don't know how to change a car tire. I got a problem with that. We're not wired the same way, friend. Let me help you. Get your jack out of your trunk. I'll train you tonight, okay? That's unacceptable. Okay, back to the message. I'm going to help you. I love you. I want to bear your burden. 
three guys in a girl in a car with a blown tire. None of them knew how to change it. The girl's like this, looking at this thing, and the three guys are like this, looking at this thing. And, and me and the preacher were like, okay, they're going to freeze to death. If we don't get the tire fixed, they can go home. I changed the tire, and he led one of them to Christ. I wasn't that spiritual. I just didn't want to see him freeze to death. Bear you one another's burdens. There's some people out there that didn't have the blessing of growing up in a manly home like you did, and they don't know how to change a tire. Bear you one another's burdens. Jesus and others. Verse number 8. Not yourself. He says, for he that soweth to his flesh, you're not going to get anything out of it. You're going to reap corruption, it says. Shall of the flesh reap corruption. Okay? Others. Verse number 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. Others. Others. Do you guys, uh, not, not a trick question, do you, do you read the proverb every day? You know, there's 31 days in a month and 31 chapters in Proverbs. You get through basically the whole, you know, I try to do that every day. I don't every day. I, I go to my, my text I'm preaching out of next every single day. I call out to go through the Bible every day. But if I've got time, I want to hit the proverb of the day too. That's normally what I do for my family devotions the evening because we're all kind of doing the same thing. You know, one may be in Old Testament, one may be in a gospel, one may be in Pauline epistle for personal devotions. But if everyone reads in the house, you know, you set that, Dad, set that up as a thing in your house where your, your family reads the proverb of the day. Then when you gather around the, in the evening for devotions, you can, and I'm not saying devotions is for preachers. Hey, I started devotions in my home. Another sidebar, sorry, preacher. But uh, hey, I started devotions in my home with my wife and my children before God called me to preach. Okay, I'm not just saying that because I'm a preacher. All right. But I got a good idea. My kids probably read the same proverb. And I'm going to recap, uh, 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 restate something that they already read that morning if I use that proverb in our devotions in the evening. Go over to Proverbs chapter 31. We often talk about the Virtuous woman, or we'll call this uh, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. But a, a friend of mine gave me this. He said, there's a Proverbs 31 man in here. I never thought about that. Verse 1, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. There's a man right there. Verse number 2, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. There's a man right there. Verse number uh, um, 23, her husband is known in the gates. There's a man there. The Proverbs 31 man, verse number 28, her husband also, and he praises her. There's a Proverbs 31 man there. I mean, I read that proverb every month for how many years, and a, a guy that I know in Alaska pointed that out to me, and that's a great, great study there. But this, this description of the Proverbs 31 woman epitomizes others. Her ministry was others. It was mainly because she's a homemaker. It's her household. It's her maidens. It's her children. It's her husband. Are you familiar with the passage of Scripture? Yeah, this, this passage of Scripture is, is others, friend. 
Verse number 11, we already hit that. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her others. Verse number 15, um, she arises all the while as night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens, others. Verse number 20, verse number 20, she stretches out her hand to the poor, others. Verse number 28, her children arise up and call her blessed, others, others. That's, that's, this is describing what this woman does on a daily routine. This is, her ministry is others. What's your motivation for what you do? If yourself is in there, I just I challenge you, take that out of the equation altogether. Make it Jesus and others. If that's your motivation, that'll get you faithful here. Because you know you need to be fed. You're not going to be that spiritual person to restore someone who's tripped up and fell in their Christian life. If you're not strong yourself, if you're not spiritual, you're not going to restore that one. Hey, if you're not spiritual and trying to restore someone, you come across a hypocrite. Okay? Jesus and others. Let's look at the ultimate example. Go over to the book of Romans, chapter number 5, huh? Mm. Remember we talked about fulfilling the law of Christ, right? Chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God commendeth his love toward us. And then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that's the epitome of others right there. You got the Proverbs 31 woman, just ultimate example of others. And here Jesus Christ himself has shown us how to live. I beg your pardon. How to die for others. What's your motivation in this life for everything that you do? If it's yourself, it's not going to amount to any rewards in heaven. But if you're serving Jesus and others, man, be, this will be a great, great day at the judgment seat of Christ. It will. It'll be a great time. But you need to finish. Make sure you finish. You still get those rewards you've done in time past, but man, we talk about financial investments. What's the one thing you can't get back? It's time, right? This life is so short. That little man right there has taught me so much. I remember being that 10-year-old, my grandpa being his right-hand man. My granddad's the one that taught me to do anything I put my hand to. Jesus and others. And then you, you heard me mention my granddad, myself, and then this little man right here. That should motivate every single person in this room to realize that there's little guys like that, like these children back here that's watching every one of you. What's your motivation? It needs to be Jesus and others. God in heaven, I thank you so much, Lord, for this passage of scriptures we can go to and compare. And Lord, just be challenged, Lord God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you please work in each heart and life here tonight. Those that are by way of live stream or listening online, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd please help them, Heavenly Father, to also be changed, Lord, that our motivation in the morning would be different than our motivation was this morning. God, I pray, Father, that you would just help us, Heavenly Father, to be faithful to serve you. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to be diligent, Lord. Help us to realize that hell's hot, hell's real, hell's forever. And this life is but a vapor, Lord, that appeareth a little time and vanished away. Lord, I pray, Father, that you'd help us, Lord, 
to uh, each one of us to leave here different than we came. And God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help us, Lord, to love others and uh, serve you and glorify your Son. It's in his name I pray these things. Amen.